Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Cheeseheads, get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in to another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Fighter, along with my guy Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight, part of the BetQL Radio Network. Uh, the cam isn't working if you're watching on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page for Ryan. Uh, so you don't have to look at Ryan making his angry expressions on his face as we talk about this Packers loss to Minnesota Vikings. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer from 1250 AM. The fan follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Follow me at Sparky Radio. And with that, Ryan Horvath, I will let you vent first. Oh, yeah, yeah. First off, sorry about my camera. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, like you said, it's probably for the best. Not only uh, am I a little angry after losing plenty of money on the Green Bay Packers yesterday, but also we've been dealing with uh, a little bit of sickness. And so then you don't have to look at my ugly face. Anyway, moving on. So extremely disappointed in what we saw on both sides of the ball yesterday. Um, Offensive side of the ball, we it was the same story that we've seen the last month, right? Very little of Aaron Jones. I bet Aaron Jones over eight and a half rushing attempts. This has nothing to do with my money or my bets. That's what BetMGM tonight, that's what we'll talk about on that show. But it's like, I just thought the game plan had to include 10 carries for Aaron Jones. And I get he's still not 100%. I get he had a drop, but you go back to him, right? Like you needed to use him more. There was still way too much A.J. Dillon way too much reliance on the younger players who, yeah, they had bad drops, but also Jordan Love, once again, for the third consecutive week, in my opinion, wasn't very good. I know there were some drops and those will be highlighted on social media, but if you go back and you watch the game, there was just like, once again, sloppy footwork. Jordan Love, like maybe steps up in the pocket and can make a play. Oh, nope. He falls over on his own feet because he looks uncoordinated out there. Offensive line is a, you know, what show, um, 
Andy Herman's done a really good job detailing everything that went down wrong yesterday there. Rashid was terrible yesterday. Yash Nyman probably needs to play a little bit more. He gets brought in the game, makes one mistake, gets taken out of the game. Um, you know, just nothing good on the offensive side of the ball. I want to focus actually more on the defensive side of the ball. I'd make a call today and see if I could get anything in return for Jair Alexander, who still calls himself an all-pro defensive back. Yesterday, I was a little disturbed. Um, you know, it's third and eight. We're giving up six-yard completions. We're getting our licks in to set up third and two, and we're celebrating. We're doing our secret handshake again. After the game, he's given one-word answers. He looks like he's checked out. It's not even week 10 yet. So I'd see what you could get in return for Jair Alexander because he got absolutely cooked. And you could say it's scheme. No, it's not scheme. He got absolutely cooked yesterday by a rookie, Jordan Addison. Also a little upset because the Packers could have drafted Jordan Addison. We talk about the lack of weapons for Jordan Love. I think Brian Gudikin should turn in his papers today. I don't think that this is the job for him. I can't. I don't think he could evaluate talent. I, there's eight members of the defensive side of the ball that are first-round picks. None of them can cover. None of them can tackle. Uh, Van Ness, maybe he'll be a player in a year or two, but he's not a player this year. You know who is a player this year? Jordan Addison. He could have had him. He torched you yesterday for seven receptions, 80-plus yards, and a touchdown. This team gives me no joy. Um, you know, great. Rashawn Gary made money today. I lost a bunch betting on his team who gave no effort yesterday. Rashawn Gary, it's a weird week, in my opinion, to pay him. He hasn't had a sack in three weeks. Where's he been? Where was Kenny Clark yesterday? Where, where are any of these guys? This is a bad, bad football team. In my opinion, this is the worst football team in the National Football League. They give me no joy. They're no fun to watch. LaFleur has no business on that sideline, in my opinion. And, like, this is just – this isn't an overreaction. This is – I've been nice now for – man, last season was miserable with Aaron Rodgers. This season's more miserable without Aaron Rodgers. I knew they weren't winning 11-12 games, but I thought we'd see some promise. I think, if anything, they've regressed every week. Would you agree? Like this team, these guys have regressed every week. So it's frustrating right now. I can't single out one player and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm excited to watch him play. None of these guys are any good. That's the way that I feel, but I don't know. All right. Um, so lots to go over. Um, first of all, as, as we've talked about, and I'm just going to emphasize again, Gutekunst set this team up to not succeed. He set this team up to not win. And anybody that thinks differently is wrong. If you look at how he built this offense, he knew darn right well that odds were very good that this was going to be a long year. He knew. Now, he may not have known Bakhtiari was going to be lost for the year, but you surely couldn't go into the season thinking Bakhtiari was going to be healthy all year based on the last two or three years. Like that, you couldn't have made that assumption because th there's just no proof to say that he would have been healthy for every game this year. So while Rasheed Walker stinks, um, and he never should have came back in the game. I don't care if Yash Nyman made a mistake or not. There is no reason to ever put him back in at left tackle going forward. Either way. Um, so, okay, so that's unacceptable. You gave Jordan Love young guys who will be something in two or three years, but you knew darn right well it wasn't going to work. Now, everybody says, well, boy, uh, they're going to be on the hot seat after this year. No, they're not. Because Mark Murphy knew what was going on and had to sign off on how he was building this thing. Matt LaFleur may not have liked how he was building it, but he knew what they were doing. This was an organizational decision not to have any vets at wide receiver or tight end to take your lumps this year in hopes that they grow together going into next season and then take their big step next season. He didn't want to rob repetitions from Watson or Dobbs or Reed or Toure or those guys. He didn't want to rob repetitions from Musgrave or Kraft. 
as general manager, that's what he was dedicated to, knowing this scenario that we're going through could play out. Absolutely. And now we're here. Now, I guarantee you, he is not freaking out nearly as much as every Packer fan is currently listening to Curtin Long on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast, or on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. He's not. He's sitting back going, we knew this was possible. We all talked about it in the front office, and now it's happening. Fine. We're going to get really good draft picks at the top of the draft to then make our next move. We're going to be in a position to get a great left tackle, hopefully, uh, at the top of the first round. We'll get that left tackle to replace Bakhtiari going forward. Then we'll be in a position to get a running back to replace Aaron Jones, if that's the decision they want to go, unless Aaron Jones takes money again less and figures out a way to stay. Uh, But otherwise, you're in a position to take a decent running back, I would think, in the second round. I don't really know the running back depth in this draft necessarily yet, but that could be a position. Or you could go offensive line again if you wanted to move Zach Tom inside and, and draft a right tackle to put out there in place. But again, now that means you're going into next year with two rookie offensive linemen that are going to be starting, that are going to make their mistakes and have their issues, and possibly a rookie starting running back that's going to make mistakes and have their issues as well. This was put together with the belief that this was going to be like a three- or four-year rebuild. That's how this was put together. And you may be mad as a Packer fan, and that's fine. But as a front office and this organization, they all signed off on this. Murphy had to have signed off on what Goody was doing and had to trust Brian Gutekunst was going to do this the correct way. So if you're mad at Goody, that's fine. But be mad at Mark Murphy too, because he's also in bed with this little plan of theirs that they've put together. Oh yeah. I don't like any of them to be honest with you. I mean, I don't think any of them are smart football people. I, I watch college football. I don't know what they're seeing in these drafts. I have no clue what they're seeing in these drafts. They keep taking these projects and I mean, it's frustrating because all this has been invested in the defense. Like, right, Jordan Love, uh, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is for this team. Right, like you're setting it up as a rebuild, but there is a bunch of guys on that defense. Like all, all these guys are the guys that you just went to the playoffs with two years ago pretty much, right? I mean, Jair, Savage. Uh, Not the Preston, offense, though. Preston, Kenny Clark. No, I mean, but. I don't know what you expected from the offense, but I keep hearing like the wide receiver room. None of these guys are any good. Wasn't Christian Watson looking like an all pro the final eight weeks of the season with Aaron Rodgers? Yep. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, the first eight weeks of the season looked really good with Aaron Rodgers. I think it comes down to quarterback, uh, unfortunately. And like uh, Jordan's not Aaron Rodgers. So for Jordan to succeed, he has to be in in an offense like Jalen Hurts is in, in Philadelphia, right? With like actual playmakers or San Francisco, San Francisco, right. Or a good offensive line. And right now he doesn't have that. The offensive line is the main problem with this team. And I think that's unfortunately where you're going to have to start to build. Yep. Unless you have a top three pick, top four pick, and you want a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. But maybe you think Jordan loves the guy. He just deserves better. In that case, I'll say this. If I'm at five, let's say, I'll trade up to two to take Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think I go up to two to take a quarterback, but I would go up to two to get Marvin Harrison Jr. And then if Jordan Love stinks next year, then you can figure out what you want to do in the draft the following year at that point. I just think Marvin Harrison Jr. is so good at wide receiver uh, that if they're in a situation to go get a true one, because right now, again, Christian Watson doesn't look like a one to me as of right now, and it's hard to evaluate anybody at this point, uh, but, but I would do it for Marvin Harrison Jr. 
I'm just saying if you want a quarterback and you have the opportunity to get into the top five, like I do it this year, because I just like Drake May and Caleb Williams way more than I like any of these guys the next couple of years. I just think that there's like a dip off, even if you like sure. Quinn Ewers and Michael Penix. You know what I mean? I just think these are more for sure things. But I'm with you. Like if you want to see Jordan, then what you do is I, Marvin Harrison. Yeah. I mean, you want to get him help, but. I don't know. Maybe these wide receivers are a little bit better another year in the system. And even if you get Marvin Harrison, then he's a rookie wide receiver. I mean, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I would love Marvin Harrison, but you watch this offensive line. Bakhtiari is most likely not going to be back. And I, I think more like Joe out the tackle from Notre Dame. I think, unfortunately, if you want to build a contending team, these are the unsexy moves you have to look at the next couple of years in these drafts, right? You have to stop whiffing on defensive backs. You have to stop taking projects. You know, if you want to take a pass rusher, get a guy that's ready to play year one. I don't want to wait for Van Ness year two, year three. That worked with Rashawn Gary, right? Because you had Zadarius and Preston. And you were a team that already had a you, – I mean, you you didn't really have a whole lot of needs, right? Because you just played in the NFC Championship game. So that one kind of made sense where now you have to start building. You have to build the offensive line. I don't want to take a running back in the first couple rounds, but you're going to have to find somebody at that position. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna. it looks like it's going to take a couple of years, whereas the first couple of weeks of the season, you were like, damn, they're going to be able to do this on the fly. Now I'm not so sure. And I'm not so sure. I don't want to throw Jordan under the bus. This is more on LaFleur, Goody, and Mark Murphy, man. Yes. Like, yeah, I haven't seen anything I've liked from LaFleur. And then now it's all starting to make sense, too. Like, not using Aaron Jones. Then you go back. I retweeted a bunch of stuff from 2018 when he refused to give Derrick Henry the ball. You know, yep. oh, Derrick Henry finally earned some more carries. Like, is LaFleur really what we thought he was, or was he carried by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Because those, like, let's be honest, maybe people forget those are two of the best to ever play the position. Aaron Rodgers, whether you like him or not, is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So um, now that he's gone, stuff doesn't look very good, even with him here last year, right? Like, things didn't look very good. So I think this falls on LaFleur, and it falls on the guys that are bringing in this talent. So. Man, this is the just, other thing, Ryan. So disappointing because you're losing to the teams that you're supposed to beat. This is supposed to still be an eight-win football team. I don't even know if we get there, man. No, no, I don't know. At this point, I don't know if they're going to win another game. It, it 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 doesn't show any signs of improvement, like you said. Uh, but this is what concerns me. When we get to the point where family members are being critical of the organization, you know, we saw it back in the day with Jennings and Finley and all that stuff. Elvin Jones. Aaron Jones' brother tweets out during the game yesterday, can someone ask Coach LaFleur why he never gives Aaron the ball? It's getting criminal at this point. Is he not trying to win? Question mark, question mark. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. That's not yeah. good. 
You you don't want family members, former NFL player family members, again, not that good, but either way, a, a guy that knows what the hell he's talking about more so than a lot of these people on Twitter do, and he's questioning what the hell they're doing with Aaron Jones. This is the one thing I'd like to know, and, and you're the guy to figure this out because you watch all this stuff. I'd like to know, offensively, that first game against Chicago, the running plays that they were running against Chicago – are they running the exact same plays now, or are they completely gone away with what they were doing against Chicago in that first week? Well, the problem was that first week, Bakhtiari was on the field when he was Correct. damn good. <laughs> yep. Excuse me, man. I'm sorry. Um, right. And also, you know, like Andy Herman pointed out, it's not even all the play calling, though. I don't like the A.J. Dillon stuff out of shotgun on third and one. If you're going to run A.J. Dillon, you got to go under center, and why not use a fullback? Even if you don't yes. have a fullback on the roster, throw DeGuara back there. I mean, well, that's a bad example. He can't block. Throw, I don't know, man, throw Yash Nyman at fullback. I, go heavy. Run more heavy sets, you know? They're just not run, not running the right stuff, but they don't have the personnel to do a lot because they try on third and one to run A.J. Dillon up the gut, and you can't because nobody knows their assignment. So that's that's the issue right now. A, it all comes down to in the National Football League. It's so easy for us to say, "Ah, oh, Jordan Love sucks." Ah, oh, Jalen Hurts is great. And I'm kind. Of, my, when I do that, it's more just like Goot's not very good at evaluating talent, in my opinion, because I would have rather had T. Higgins in the first round for Aaron Rodgers, and then you think, "Oh, I'm going to get my quarterback of the future." You move up in the second round, and you get Jalen Hurts because I just I liked Jalen a lot in Oklahoma. He showed some stuff, and if he was going to be a project, he had the perfect opportunity to have him sit because Rodgers was still under contract for four years. It just wasn't the time in the first round, in my opinion, to get your guy, unless Jordan Love was a can't-miss thing, and he still doesn't look like that to me. Uh, I saw more yesterday from Will Levis than I have from Jordan Love. You know what I mean? Yep. Anthony yep. Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young yesterday finally getting a win over C.J. Stroud. These guys have shown more than Love has. It's not just drops either. It's just like footwork. It's just like little things. They look like pros, and – uh it's hard to evaluate love with this offensive line. In the NFL, you're not going to win games if you have a bad defensive line and a bad offensive line, and the Packers have both right now. So that's the issue. Yeah, they're running the same stuff. But this goes back to even year. Like, Matt LaFleur has never known how to use Aaron Jones. We were at the game against the Commanders last year in D.C., and we ran into his family, his uncle, and, I'm, and I even said, I'm like, they got to get him the ball more. But here's the thing about that family, and here's the thing about Aaron Jones. They're all class. I'm surprised that any family member would actually tweet anything at all because they're just good people. You know what I mean? You saw him yesterday after the game. Oh, I we got to take more credit on offense. We're not doing our job. I feel bad for the defense. That's because he's a class act. You know he's going home like, why the hell am I not touching the ball 15 to 20 times? So, um, I don't know. That It comes down to the play calling. Stenovich, LaFleur, it's bad right now. It's really, really bad. And then you see him at the podium. It's the same rinse and repeat every week, too. I mean, you know what I mean? It's the same interview. Here you go. Andy Herman tweeted this out uh, yesterday from the Pack-A-Day podcast. Packers first have drives since week three against the Saints, not including kneel downs or one-play runs, you know, to end the half or whatever the case may be. 25 total drives, nine total points. This is since week three. 18 punts, two interceptions, four field goals attempted, three or four. Uh, one end of half, no touchdowns. 125 total plays, an average of five plays per drive only. 395 total yards since week three. First half drives, they've totaled less than 400 yards. Average per play, 3.16 yards per play. I mean, there is putrid, and then there is just god-awful, just god-awful. And that is 
god awful at this point. And then if you take that a step further and go to Zach Cruz, halftime deficits over the last five games, they were down 17 0, 27 3, 10 3, 9 0, 10 3, which comes out to be 73 to 9. They've been outscored in the first half over the last five games. Now, we talk about is it on the floor? Is it on love? Is it on the offensive line? We start talking about this stuff. I'm sorry. There, there are two things. One, all these penalties, because they had a ton in the first half. Is that on coaching or is that on players? Because when I've brought this up in the past on the big show with Gary Ellerson and Leroy Butler, they got on me about talking about coaching because the dude with the helmet on is the one making the mistake. And if he's making the mistake, that's not on the coach as well. This team has had penalty issues all year long, and it's not getting any better. And like you said, it's probably getting worse. And you're asking an inexperienced offense to constantly be in second and long and third and long because of offside, because of false start penalties, holding penalties, whatever the case may be, and it's killing this team. Now, who to blame? I don't know, but it has to stop. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like yesterday, man, there was still eight minutes to go in the second quarter. They already had seven penalties. And that, again, that comes down to coaching. That's a undisciplined football team that comes down to coaching because it's the same stuff every single week. And also this team's soft. That's the other thing. We say this every year after the playoffs when they get punched in the face. They do so much talking. They do so much celebrating, you know, when they lay a big stick. But here's the thing. You lay that big stick because you're playing this soft-ass zone coverage on third and seven. The guy still picks up five yards, and then what do they do on third and two? Run it right down your throat, and you're celebrating. It's embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed if I was Jair Alexander today. I really would. You put that on tape, and then that's your post-game presser. Oh, it's a good play call. Oh, they put the wide receiver in the backfield. we never seen that on film. Like, I listen. Joe Barry in the Packers defense reminds me of when I watch USC and Alex Grinch, and that's the worst comparison you could make. A couple weeks ago – um, Alex Grinch got torched against Utah, whose starting quarterback's a pig farmer. And they ran with their safety, who now has to play running back. He ran a wheel route, and Alex Grinch was like, well, huh, we never saw that because they didn't put it on film the week before. Mind you, they did. They ran the same wheel route. This happened to the Packers yesterday. It was on film from the week before. And as a running back, there's five routes in the route tree that you could run, one of them being the wheel. There's not much else that you can do as a running back. Like, that's the thing. The Packers, if they were for the offense, right? If the offense was getting completely shut down three and out after three and out, and shout out to the Lambeau crowd who I usually rip on for going crazy when they finally picked up a first down in the second quarter. Sarcasm at its finest. Right. But, like, if this was against San Francisco, if this was against, like, the 85 Bears, if this was against, you know, good defenses, it would make sense. This is against the Minnesota Vikings. That's the worst defense in the NFL. That was against the Denver Broncos. They gave up 70 a couple weeks ago. It was against the Raiders. As a collective unit, as football fans, we could all name one Raider on defense, Max Crosby. We cannot name another. I watch. We all watch football. Nobody knows any Raiders. You'll start naming guys that aren't even there anymore, like Chandler Jones. I think he's in a mental asylum. That's where I'm going to go if I have to watch any more Packer football this season and they don't get their stuff together. It's so frustrating, man. It's like watching a high school football team. Because they get worse every week. They're supposed to get a young team is supposed to get better every single week. This team sucks. They suck. I don't have anything positive to say in it. And I used to be the biggest LaFleur guy. Turns out he's a huge fraud. Joe Barry, we knew he was a fraud. 
And the only knock I ever had on LaFleur, I even said this after week two. I said, my only knock on LaFleur is that he's too loyal to his guys. No, it turns out he has no clue what he's doing. Because if he did, he would get Aaron Jones the football. Christian Watson doesn't look like, you're not using any of these guys to their strengths. Did Romeo Dobbs play yesterday? Oh, yeah, he played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could, I, but like I forget. I forget like who played and who didn't yesterday. The only guy I remember playing yesterday was Jair Alexander because he ran his mouth more than anybody else on that field, yet he was getting torched. Torched. Remember those first two years? He didn't give up a reception barely. And, and our biggest concern was, is Jair ever going to have more than two interceptions in a season? And I always thought that was a good problem. No, because nobody's targeting him. Now, his head's being served. Like, he is... They're locating him. And you could say injury. I don't know, man. Because what he hurt his shoulder two years ago. Well, he said he's got the ball and now he makes financial decisions out there. I think he's I don't think he's a winning football player. I'll say it. I'll put that out. I don't think he's a winning football player. He said his back was killing him the entire Raiders game. So if that was the case, then why were you still out there? Like just get yourself off the field. If it's if it's a hindrance to you, then get yourself off the field. My thing is this. You bring up that zone defense that they play and playing five, six yards off the field. That's the one thing to me that, as a fan, is frustrating. Not that I'm some, you know, big football coach. But for me, watching Cousins play pitch and catch with his receivers and then watching Love every week throw balls that are getting swatted down by defenders or jump balls that our guys can't catch uh, and the other team either picks or knocks down. And when our defense is on the field, these guys have all the room in the world to make catches uh, across the field. As a fan, that's what makes everybody even more mad at Joe Barry because your offense has no room to breathe and their opposing offense has five to six yards to work in every single play. Yeah. no, And like, and here's the thing, man. So you're going to get picked apart regardless, most likely, right? Do you want to get picked apart I mean, I don't want this to be a dark podcast. I already know I'm being too negative, but damn it, I had a lot of money on this team. And we've lost to the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Vikings. Three teams that, in my opinion, you have to be. Uh, but, so, like, if I'm going to die, I just want to die nice and fast. I don't want to sit there and have it be a painful three, four-year experience. I just want it to be like, boom, I die in my sleep. The Packers, if you're going to get picked apart all game long, do you want it to be like six, seven, eight yards, dink and dunk down the field? I would rather just get beat down the field deep, right? So what I'm saying is be more aggressive. I don't want to hear we don't have the personnel. Play more aggressive, man. Try to jam these receivers at the line of scrimmage. Like that ain't Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens out there and A.J. Brown. That's K.J. Osborne. And, I mean, Jordan Addison, I like him, Sparky. He's your height, and he runs the same 40 as my son. Like he's not a four three guy, he's not DK Metcalf. I don't know what I'm watching out there. That's what's so frustrating. You don't even have to be a big football guy. You know what I mean? Like my mom's watching these things, calling me at halftime. Like, why are we not giving the ball to Aaron Jones? Why the hell are the defensive backs lined up ten yards behind? You know, off the wide receiver. You don't have to be studying all twenty two film to realize that this is insanity. It's insane. And if it doesn't get any better, people have to go. I hate to say it, like, if Ben Johnson is available next year, I want him right now. No, I I I want somebody else. I want somebody else. I want the offensive coordinator for Kansas. I want the offensive coordinator for Kansas. That's who I want. 
Because I watch Kansas, and it's everything yeah. that you talk about. It's offensive lineman in motion. It's wide receivers going that way, this way. They're running the football, regardless of who they're playing. They're running the football constantly and, and having an effect. They're got, well, guys schemed open, wide receivers schemed open all over the place. And again, I understand it's college football, but they've done this. That coaching staff has done this at every level of college football from D3 all the way through. And now they get that big win against Oklahoma. To me, I hired the offensive coordinator from Lance Leipold and I say, here, you come run the offense. Matt, you can be the head coach and we're going to go this way this time and, and see what happens. Or Ben Johnson, if you want to go Ben Johnson and make him the head coach, I guess. I just don't think there's any chance whatsoever, not a chance that anybody gets fired as far as LaFleur and Goody goes. And Mark Murphy's going nowhere, obviously. So I think they're all back. Will Joe Barry maybe be moved on? I guess. But at the end of the year, if you're Matt LaFleur, you're just going to say, this wasn't his fault. This offense sucked. No matter who the defensive coordinator was, we were going to lose these many games. You can't blame Joe. Joe's fine. He's not the issue. That's how that spin is going to go, and that's why Joe Barry will probably still have his job after this year. Surprised to hear you say Andy Kolonicki. That's who you like. I got his phone Love number him. if you want. Love him. I got I his email. It's kansasfootball.ku.edu. There you go. Email him. Say, you want. we want you to come up. I love him. I'm I'm sh- I've known about him for a long, long time. Yep. I've met him a couple times, man. He is uh, – I don't know, though. I don't. I, man, he's great, though. That offense, they're so fun. <clears throat> um, Yeah, I'd be fine with that. But I'm saying, like, I do think that – I don't know that Jordan Love's very good. I hate to be that guy. Sorry. But I do think that some coach could get a lot out, more out of him. I mean, you watch Jared Goff, right? And yep. I just think, again, yesterday, did you see a lot of play action? Nope. I have to go back and watch the game again. Did you see any like bootlegs or any of the stuff that we've been talking about? I feel like Jordan Love's just kind of being thrown out there to the wolves from yes. that. It's like yes. Matt La- if if you told me Matt LaFleur hates Jordan Love, I don't think I'd argue it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my God. Let's hope that's, that's going to be, that. be my quote for this podcast. Like oh. if you told me if I hated somebody, that's what I would do to them. I'd throw them behind that offensive line. Because here's but the that's thing. That's Goody, though. That's not LaFleur. No. LaFleur didn't make these draft picks. That's Goody that hates Jordan Love of anybody. It's not going to be LaFleur. He didn't give him no veterans to work with. I'm sure LaFleur would have loved to have Devontae Adams for Jordan Love at this point. No, I'm I'm blaming Goody more than anybody and Murphy and all those suits. I always have. I don't think they're good. But with all Matt right. LaFleur, there are ways to at least make Jordan Love look better. You, last yeah. week, he was nine for nine, a perfect nine for nine off of play action. He's a young quarterback that's struggling to see the field right now and struggling with some uh, confidence stuff maybe. So have him go out there and do some things that he's comfortable doing. Instead, you're dro- like last week or, or yesterday, Jesus, you're dropping him back third and one shotgun handoff up the middle to A.J. Dillon. That doesn't work. It hasn't worked in three weeks. Then you're running empty with that offensive line. I mean, yesterday they have Christian Watson lined up and they're asking him to block an outside linebacker. We're just trying to ask Christian Watson to stay healthy for 14 games a year and catch a couple balls. We can't have him blocking guys looking like Terrell Suggs out there. You had Musgrave at the goal line on the left side blocking a defensive tackle that was lined up wide that apparently the Packers thought Musgrave could handle, had absolutely no chance, and blew up the running back in the backfield. I mean, that type of stuff, I agree with you, drives me absolutely berserk. Let me ask you about the trade deadline because it's uh, tomorrow as we record this on Monday at about 12.30 in the afternoon Central Time. I said on Twitter yesterday or this morning, I don't remember, Preston Smith had a good game trade him. Like... You've got good film here the last the last time. Trade Preston Smith. 
any veteran on this team can be had. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me who it is. Kenny Clark, you said Jair, uh, Devondre Campbell, anybody do that because there's speculation that this Kenny Clark extension, uh, not Kenny Clark extension, the Rashawn Gary extension, which by the way, four years, $96 million, 107.3 million overall, with a signing bonus of 34.6 million. There was some speculation that maybe they're creating cap room to make a trade and bring a contract on here at the deadline. They better not. That's all I have to say. They they better not. Because if you have sat here and watched this crap for this long, and now you go, oh, let's go get Jerry Judy, and that's how we'll fix it. That's not how you're going to fix it. That's how how this thing gets fixed. Now, if you trade for Devontae Adams, okay, well, that's different. You go give me an all-pro wide receiver for Jordan Love, then I'm okay trading for that. But if you go get me some young dude that hasn't panned out on another team and tell me this is how it's going to get fixed because he's been in the league a year longer than Christian Watson or something, I'm going to lose my mind if we're giving up a draft pick for that. I'd rather trade the vets, get draft picks, and go from there. And I know, well, Goody's the guy drafting. There's no guarantee he won't screw it up. True, but you have to do something going forward here. Otherwise, you can just stay on, sit on your hands and plead insanity and say, we're just going to continue to do the same lousy crap the rest of the year and not get any better for the future or not get any better for the present. Oh, yeah, no, no, no Jerry, Judy. Yeah, this team, I mean, you're you're done. You're cooked right now, even in the NFC North, right? You're not better than the Lions, unless the Lions lay an egg tonight against the Raiders. Or Jerry Goff gets hurt. Regardless, man. I mean, you just lost to the Brian. The yeah, no, I don't. I don't no, see but Brian, if Jared Goff gets hurt, then this division is wide open because then it's Justin Fields, no threat. Love, no threat. Vikings have no quarterback. Hall from BYU, that's not a threat. And then I don't even know who the hell who is behind Jared Goff in Detroit. Who is it? I don't even know. Hendon Hooker. No, he's hurt. He's not ready to play yet, is he? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been following his. But again, his, that was smart. Network. Unlike the Vikings, who should have taken Hendon Hooker and didn't. Well, uh, it doesn't matter because... So it's Bridgewater. So technically, the Lions would still have the best quarterback in the division. I say, yeah. Goff got hurt. Teddy Bridgewater on his worst day is better than Jared Goff. Fight me yep. on it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, this team, I would I would trade Jair. I do think that there's a market for Jair. I'd trade him. Call me, would you? Yep. Sure would. Me too. I trade anybody on the defense at this I point. I don't, Preston, I don't. I don't care. I trade Preston with a thank you because uh, I'd want to put him in a good situation. And I mean, like, uh, I like Preston. I think he at least plays hard. He at least cares. He's yep. given us a lot the last couple of years. Great. I, I trade Aaron Jones. Yep. Same. I think anybody. I mean, I don't know that anybody's trading for Aaron Jones. You're probably getting like a six round pick. Um, I'm not trading Watson or Dobbs or any of those guys. I think Watson uh, could still be good. I saw a lot. Now, those Watson. are young players. We're talking old guys. So Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, those type of guys. Yeah, I'll trade Kenny Clark. Kenny is Kenny Clark played since week one. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah, the answer is yeah, but like, what what has he done? Yep. Yeah. So Devondre Campbell. Yep. Trade him. Uh, Rasul Douglas deserves better. He's a guy yep. that I actually like hearing a story. I mean, I don't like hearing it, but like he just sat there with his pads on. People were trying to console him because he's pissed. He doesn't want to be on a losing team with a bunch of quitters. And then Jair's just, you know, over there with a stupid big head on. Rajul Douglas handles the media far better than Jair does. Jair's never lost in a Packer uniform. So this is the first time, and he is not handling it well at all. He's pouting is what he's doing. 
Uh, and it's a horrible look for him. You're cocky and big mouth when you're winning and everything is fine. When you're losing, now you don't know how to handle it. And you're acting like a five-year-old pouting and giving one-word answers in press conferences. Rajul Douglas gives great quotes every week and just facing the music. He's probably the best guy on that side of the ball to actually be giving a quote on a day-to-day basis at this point. Yeah, really quick on that, man, because like Jair had a chance to to give him a real answer there because I don't know if you saw it, and I don't know who had the question. I wish I could give proper uh, right you know, credit. Yeah, but credit to, yeah, thank you. Uh, but I saw that – the report, you know, he he was like the reporter's like, you know, what is this team missing? I guess to paraphrase, and Jair was like, started to answer, and then he was like, nothing. We have everything that we need. Should have given a real answer. What's missing? You need a new DC. You need a new voice in that locker room. Do you need a new quarterback? Do you need Aaron back? What were you gonna say? But he should have said, I need to play better. I need to play like a, a true number one corner, which I haven't been. That's what he should have said. That's the thing that pisses me off about him. He never. He's always he like he never. Um, takes he, he never like he never takes the fall when, the, nope. when, he, when he, it's on him yeah that, that's my issue with jair though yeah totally agree 1000 percent. he is ryan horvath see sparky fiverr follow him on twitter ryan horvath follow me at sparky radio bet mgm tonight weeknights monday through friday bet ql radio watch and listen to them while the games are going on monday night football uh coming up tonight as well they'll be on breaking that one down as it happens giving some in-game live betting tips and so forth ryan thank you so much uh uh truly appreciate it my friend we'll do this again on wednesday thank you